Good morning, good morning. On today's podcast, I have special guest, Dr. Amy Novotny. Amy founded the PABR Institute with the mission to provide pain, stress, and anxiety relief to those who seek a naturalistic form of treatment when other treatment methods have fallen short. Her unique approach comes from her experience treating in a variety of settings and with a wide range of patients' populations over the last 13 years. Her methods have helped countless people reduce and eliminate pain, stress, anxiety, orthopedic surgery, sleep issues, and the need for medications. Today, we dive into the power of breathing to decrease pain. Have a listen. Welcome to your Hidden Edge podcast, where there's a belief that each and every one of us has a hidden edge, one that could unlock that next level of success in any area of life. Unfortunately, that edge is hidden tucked away and buried deep underneath layers and layers. In this podcast, we'll uncover the hidden edge of high-performance leaders, executives, athletes, coaches, and authors to open your mind and stretch your frame of reality. If you know you want more, can do more, and be more, then this is the right podcast for you. Let's uncover your hidden edge. Welcome to the show. I am extremely excited to have special guest, Dr. Amy Novotny on the show. Dr. Amy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to chat and see where this goes. Absolutely. So so am I. So let's get right into your hidden edge. I, I, I'm excited to unpack this ability to analyze a person's nervous system. And probably before we go there, you know, I'd love to dive into... One, how you discovered this? Was it through you know own trials and tribulations, efforts on your own, and then what you do now? Sure. So it started off. I was always fascinated by life, humans, the world, all that, and I eventually got a doctorate in physical therapy, thinking, okay, that was the route I was going to go down. I'm going to go down there. I can help people, and so I did that for about five years, and I felt very stagnant. And I felt like there was a huge population where physical therapy didn't really help. It helped general cases, simple cases, but I didn't feel like it really helped people in chronic pain. It didn't really address things internally. It was kind of not necessarily a band-aid, but it was still an external approach that you were doing to the body. And so at the time I was training to qualify for the Boston Marathon, I was running on a treadmill three times a week for eight miles for about 55 minutes. So it was a, it was a decent pace. And, mm. and I, and I don't have a running background. I just gradually started by, you know, walk one minute, jog one minute. I just started, I actually hated running, but okay. I was close enough that I wanted to qualify for Boston. And I had the typical runners aches and pains. I'd already done several marathons and, stuff that like, you know, tightness here, a little bit of piriformis syndrome here. And I was doing everything that I was telling people to do for themselves, stretching, foam rolling, scraping, strengthening, balance training, and, you know, cardio, weightlifting. I was doing everything, like the perfect recipe, but I was still having these issues. And so I, I was doing some coursework on asymmetries of the body and I found that very useful because it got me thinking about the diaphragm and how asymmetrical it is. It's not the same on both sides and it does different. It's stronger on one side versus the other. So I started when I was on the treadmill, I started playing around with how I held my body 
am I breathing mechanics? So not breath work, but breathing mm-hmm. mechanics. And it was weird. Like all of a sudden, if I got myself in the correct position, I could calm myself down. And I felt like, you know, the cartoon of the coyote and the roadrunner, the roadrunner's legs are just moving and the body's just kind of floating in air. That's literally what I felt like. And so when I got off the treadmill, and I remember the specific run, I got off the treadmill, I was like, wow, I feel different. I felt like I was just floating and I didn't need to stretch. I didn't need to foam roll. I didn't need to scrape. All those things I had been telling people to do, I just stopped doing it. I was like, well, I felt like I just got on. I'm a little bit, you know, tired because I just ran eight miles, but I didn't feel any of the symptoms that I previously had. And so, you know, when you stumble on something like that, you're like, okay, am I crazy? Is this something I need to figure out? Does everyone else already know this? And so there's a little, there's a lot of just self-discovery. Yep. And then from there, it's like, okay, can I reproduce it? And then can I put it into a method and can I apply this to other people? And so that set me on this journey to develop what I now call the PABR method, which stands for pain, awareness, breathing, relief. And it's this process to help people learn how to, one, calm down the nervous system, that fight or flight nervous system, but two, to have awareness of their daily habits that put them in that fight or flight nervous system and things as simple as how do you reach into your cabinet? How do you bend over to pick up a bag of groceries? How do you lie down at night? It's things like that, you can be done in a fight or flight pattern or a relaxation pattern. And so then you work on changing the breathing mechanics to help you get relief. And so that's kind of the journey that I took to get there. And there was a lot of ups and downs and crazy stuff that happened along the way. I appreciate you sharing. What a, what a amazing story. So let's go back to breathing mechanics versus breath work. Can you define or make sure that I'm clear in the audience that is clear on the difference between the two? Sure. So there's, there's a push for breath work nowadays in a lot of the mindset world, personal development the rhythm of the breathing and the rhythm being like, do you breathe in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, blow out for four seconds, and then hold for four seconds. So box breathing or Mm -hmm. Wim Hof, he has you hyperventilate in order to ramp up your nervous system even higher. So you can withstand E. coli or the cold or a blizzard. So it has to do with the rhythm of the breathing or, you know, closing one nostril or the other. But what I'm talking about is I want to look at how is your breathing mechanics, like how do you position your rib cage so that it supports and affects your diaphragm so that you use the correct muscles to breathe, which is a different, different perspective and different approach than breath work, which is just looking at the rhythm. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I do that is because I've been approached by many people who say that breath work ramps them up. It makes their anxiety even worse, especially people who have some kind of mental health concern going on. It makes them panicked. And I, and I talk to them and I say, it's because your position is in a fight or flight position. So if you practice breath work in a fight or flight position, 
guess what it's going to enhance? You being in fight or flight mode, anxiety, panic, chronic pain. But if you want to get out of those conditions, you have to change your position so that your breathing is done in a relaxation pattern. So the breathing mechanics work with your nervous system to calm you down, free you from pain, stress, anxiety, and okay. insomnia and other stuff. Gotcha. So I'm done both the box breathing. I've done Wim Hof breathing <laughs> multiple, multiple times. I will say recently I've done breathing while I'm walking and much more breathing in through the diaphragm. And especially mm -hmm. when I'm going to sleep at night, I do that breathing through the diaphragm and I feel like it relaxes me so much more. Is that kind of what you are alluding to related to that's where the breath should be to, to relax? Yes. Yeah, so let's go through what breathing through the diaphragm means. So a okay. lot of people think belly breathing is diaphragmatic breathing. And I challenge that because when you push your abdomen out to breathe, what you're doing is you're distending your abdomen. Your diaphragm is, doesn't work because you push your, your belly out. The diaphragm is a dome and it goes up and down. Okay. So in order for the dome to go up and down, the walls that support that dome have to be secure and they have to be stable. And that happens by having the rib cage down and in position and the side of abs holding those ribs there on the inhale. So if you're pushing your belly out, you're losing support for the diaphragm. So you're, you think you're getting your diaphragm, but you're actually just shoving your belly out. And a lot of times you're using your back muscles to do that too, which will ramp you up. Now, to actually use a diaphragm, you want the ribs to help support the diaphragm. So the ribs need to be down. So we have to get you away from this idea of inhaling, belly coming out and lifting your ribs up because that's going to destabilize your diaphragm. And you're going to be using your belly and your ribs and your back to breathe, not your diaphragm. So that's so when we say diaphragm, your lower ribs should be still and stable to support the diaphragm. And you'll actually feel a difference because instead of feeling like you're lifting to get air in and this vertical lift to inhale, instead, mm -hmm. your inhale is horizontal and down. It's completely different experience. And you can feel your lungs expand and push against your ribs. It's, it feels, it's really powerful and it's very soothing. Interesting. I appreciate you, you sharing that wisdom because I know people, uh, I've heard it, belly breathing and, and having those ribs engaged and not pushing out through the belly. I, I appreciate you clar clarifying that, uh, that distinction because I, I'm sure people probably struggle with that. And I mean, even just as simple as nose breathing, right? I'm, I'm, I tell my kids, I tell my wife, right? We've got to breathe in through the nose. That's the, the natural filtration system that we have in the body. And so many times I'll see people just walking, always breathing through their mouth, not breathing through their nose. So uh, love, the, love, love those pieces. So you had this experience on the treadmill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When did you then move to say, okay, I need to try this out on somebody else to see if it works. It worked for me. Mm -hmm. Um, it was, it wasn't too long. So I, I made sure I could re reproduce it to myself and I figured out what exactly was happening. So I studied about the nervous system. I realized that because 
I was keeping my ribs down. I was supporting the diaphragm, making the diaphragm efficient. I was stimulating the vagus nerve to calm okay. myself, to release abnormal muscle contraction around my body. And as soon as I could release that muscle contraction that was related to stress, and whether it's a physical, mental, emotional, intellectual, spiritual stress, whatever it was, I could release myself from that fight or flight nervous system. That's when I started, you know, a sh few short months afterwards, just asking people that I was treating for physical therapy. And I said, hey, can we try this on you instead? And some said yes, some said no, <laughs> of course. And, you know, I did it on the ones that said yes. And they felt themselves get better just like that. Like literally people in chronic pain, they felt huge changes very quickly. And so once we got, you know, enough people doing this and they could, I could try it out on people because of course my experience is my own and I'm right. one person with just a very limited experience of myself in my past. Then you think about, okay, now you try this on a hundred people and all of those backgrounds, all of those different mental states, all of those different physical states, their history, all of that stuff. And that's when things became more challenging because something that may have worked for me, it's not working for the next person. I have to figure out why is it not working for that person? Well, I may have been at step five and I may have already had step one through four already ingrained in my body, but that person didn't. And so I had to figure out, okay, what is step one through four so they can do five successfully to go, to go on. And so that's what like the next several years became about is okay. testing on people and figuring out, okay, what is truly the process that, and what are the pieces that I'm missing too? What well, what were the, some of those things that you discovered in that, that process? Quite a few things, actually. Some of which is a lot of people hold their breath throughout the day. People mm -hmm. suck in their gut, trying to make their belly look flatter. That creates a nervous system uh, problem and wrecks havoc on them. Um, a lot of people can't sense their body. They go through the day and they're so in their mind that they have no awareness of their body and what their body should feel like. Um, a lot of people, because they're in fight or flight mode, they use the same certain muscles, these protective muscles for their body. So they forget how to sense and feel other muscles that help stabilize them. Okay. And if you get someone to relax and they don't know how to stabilize in that relaxed position, their nervous system will come back with a vengeance and pull them back into their old habits and they'll feel even worse than they did before because they had no way to stabilize themselves in that, in that new relaxed position. And that's actually a common one. And that one, that one was hard for me to see and to realize um, because obviously I'm doing stuff to help people get out of pain and, they would go to sleep in the next day if they didn't hold on to it because they couldn't sense and feel what we were doing and stabilize mm -hmm. themselves. They would go back into their previous patterns and then they would be in more pain. So then of course, you know, they get worried. And so you have to work with them slowly. So part of me switching to a virtual aspect for all of this and coaching people virtually has been really beneficial not to have that nervous system backlash because we can go at a pace that they can sense and feel and they're not moved along too far 
that they have that backlash. So that's, that's a huge benefit to working with people and forcing them to learn this. Gotcha. Okay. So a lot of, lot of interesting lessons that you learned in the process. One thing that you had mentioned early on was teaching people the right way to grab something out of the cabinet or pick up the groceries Mm -hmm. or to lie down in bed that Mm -hmm. is non fight or flight triggering, relaxing. I'd love to hear just a couple of those examples to, to share with the audience. Yeah. So a lot of this, when I'm explaining it, it's a process to get here. So mm-hmm. when I explain it, it's not just, oh, I'm going to fix this in two seconds based on what she says and voila, <laughs> that's it. Because, right. and, and I say this with caution, because if you try to do some of the stuff and you don't have the previous steps set in place, you may actually hurt more. So that's why I put that as a caution. So let me give reaching for an example. So a lot of times Mm -hmm. we're taught for reaching, you kind of suck your gut up in, 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 you hold your rib cage tight, you hold your core tight because everyone's supposed to want a strong and stable core, which we could come back later to that, um, why there's misconceptions with that. But that's how people typically reach. They suck it in, they hinge at their at their um, hips and they reach forward and they keep their back straight and they kind of just lean forward. And what, what, why that's a problem is you're training your back to reach. You're not using your arms any longer. And when your back muscles are constantly working to reach, to pick up groceries, to lie down in bed, they're compressing on the fight or flight nervous system that lies along the spine. And so that ramps you up, that tightens you up, it locks you up, it puts you in high alert mode, that makes all of your mental and emotional stressors perceived as even greater danger. So instead, ideally, when you go to reach for something, your vertebrae in your back should be able to slide on each other so that your back can round out. There, that is a, there is a reason why our back is built with little bones that stack on each other. They're supposed to move. But if we're constantly training them not to move, the problem comes when you're not paying attention and one slides and you guard and then you slip a disc, you herniate a disc, you pinch a nerve. And that's when people get in trouble because the back muscles were never taught to let go. So the vertebrae could slide as they are naturally supposed to do. And when you reach and you allow the vertebrae to slide, and then your shoulder blade slides forwards on the ribs, it slides forward, it goes, it moves. Now your arm goes forward and the shoulder joint stays in a good position to stop impingement of tissues and wear and tear. But if you keep yourself rigid like a board mm-hmm. and your shoulder blades pulled back, you are jeopardizing not only your back, your nervous system, but also your shoulder joints and even your neck joints and your hip joints. So something as simple as how do I reach can actually put you in a fight or flight mode, lock you up, jeopardize you for p- potential injuries if you forget to keep yourself locked up. Or you could do it where your body naturally is allowed to move in the way it's designed. And you're done. And when it's allowed to do that, your back muscles are not overworking. You're not putting yourself in a fight or flight state that ramps you up. Gotcha. And it, it sounds like there are 
not only physical things that we're doing, right. That get us trigger us in that fight or flight. I mean, our phones, social media news, we're, we're, we're constantly, so we're, we've got not only the physical, but we've got the mental side all coming yes. at us once. It's no wonder why stress, anxiety, overwhelm, depression are at all time highs. Cause we're not only getting it from the physical side that most people might not even be aware of as you're talking <laughs> through it. I'm like, geez, I, didn't even think about reaching how I'm triggering and being stiff and rigid in that process, as well as the Mm -hmm. mental side being bombarded by how many bits and pieces of stimuli we get bombarded with in a week, more than, you know, our ancestors did an entire lifetime. It's, it's pretty, pretty remarkable. Yeah. And just even to kind of, kind of dive into that a little bit more, So when your body is stiff and rigid and your breastbone is more and more prominent, that's also a signal to your brain that you're in a stress mode, high, high alert mode, and it's anxiety provoking. I am this, this whole breastbone thing, when it is prominent and your rib cage is prominent, you eventually get to a point where it can't go forward anymore to help you breathe. And so some people will start to feel short of breath. Some people will start to feel those anxiety symptoms kick in, the panic Mm -hmm. symptoms kick in, and they don't understand that there is a physical reason that all of that's happening because they can't relax that back in because their breathing is dependent on pushing their belly out, lifting up their ribs and using their back. So that's why the mechanics of how you breathe are so critical for improving your, your emotional status, your mental status, as well as your physical status. And it's something that we do so automatically, but yet so many people don't do it correctly and don't have the mechanics, Mm -hmm. the instructions. It's not like we're taught, Hey, here's the proper way to breathe at really any stage of our lives. I don't ever recall in my life, being taught, hey, here's the proper way you should breathe. Well, the problem is when we're born, if, we, if you have a, you know, a healthy delivery and you have a baby that's healthy and is well taken care of, it breathes correctly. The problem mm-hmm. is when we start to become toddlers or a little bit older and our parents say, sit up straight, suck your gut up in, pull your shoulders back, sit up tall. That's when your breathing mechanics go off. That's when you start to learn how to breathe incorrectly. And it's because of those habits that well-intentioned people, you know, really well-intentioned because it looks pretty. That's when our breathing mechanics start to go off. So, and I, and I'll actually work with parents and, and kids, especially kids with ADHD and other attention issues or chronic pain. And I, I work with the parents first and say, we have to correct you of these habits that you are doing and you are teaching your kids because that is what's contributing to them being in this state where they don't feel safe in their body. So they're constantly on high alert looking for stuff, hyperactive because they're looking for their next danger or things or next stimulus because they don't know how to feel calm and safe in their body, partly because of how they're holding themselves and their breathing mechanics that got turned and changed when they were young. I see it all the time. 
Interesting. That's, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty powerful to, uh, to kind of wrap with. So Amy, I've loved the discussion. Where can people find out more about you, all the great things that you're up to? Sure. So the easiest way is to go to the website. It's paperinstitute.com. P as in pain, A as in awareness, B as in breathing, R as in relief, institute.com. Um, you can catch, you know, different, uh, I have little free tidbits up there. We can set up a free discovery call. There's information. There's a, you know, email list where I send out health information every week. So there's a lot of ways to get a, get some just free stuff if you're wanting to just dip your toe into it. Love it. Amy, thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Have an amazing, amazing rest of your day. Rise, fight, love, repeat. Get after it. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to your Hidden Edge podcast. You are now part of the movement, part of a tribe who's on a mission to uncover their hidden edge. We are stronger together. So please share this. Show up with one person in your network that you want to help. Together, we can empower others and connected, we can make a dent in the universe.